Yearbook Sportscast. Not sure if Louisville men's basketball fans lulled to sleep or panicking that this year's team not looking too great. One commentator at the game with Miami this week thought the crowd wasn't into it. And, I mean, they were there, so they would know. The commentators, they thought the crowd wasn't into it. We thought panic was beginning to set in. That, I would say, was pass interference at the end of last week's Saints-Vikings playoff game. The Vikings' Kyle Rudolph did clearly push the Saints defender away, then caught the winning touchdown pass. But again, please check previous podcasts. Legislating pass interference with reviews and sky cams and action news Doppler 3 and GPS, it's impossible. And the rule the NFL put in place, which they stuck to, only covered the worst, most over-the-top pass interference penalties in the history of the NFL. And by that standard, the Rudolph thing was not going to be overturned, and it wasn't. Even so, trying to over-legislate pass interference is going to make teams play games twice. Yay, we got a turnover. I'm psyched. Yay, now will it survive replay? And that's going to be a mess. Nobody's going to enjoy that, except the Saints might enjoy it more because the Saints just happen to be the one team that keeps getting stomped by uh, bad calls. Speaking of which, not really. The In the nine seconds that that movie 1917, it's called 1970, right? That movie 1917. In the nine seconds of the trailer, 1917, they pretty much describe the entire plot of World War II movie and previous movie, Saving Private Ryan. Not sure if we're really going to, we're going to do this again. That's not advisable. Not sure if 1917 or Saving Private Ryan World War I edition. It's just, it seems like the exact same plot, but we haven't seen it. So we can see one thing we have seen. We haven't seen the new Star Wars, which is our fault. Uh, But we were forced into seeing Frozen 2, which was a mess. A lot of people love it. Uh, Everyone we were with loved it, and I loved the first one. It wasn't that um, this one was darker. A lot of people, you might say it was because this one was darker that you didn't enjoy this. It had nothing to do with that. It It just conjured up the image of the writers standing in a corner trying desperately to come up with awesome one liners for Olaf. The comic relief, if you're not familiar with the movies. Frozen 2, it was really bad, even if we're the only ones uh, who think so. And as we close the book on 2019, is what we should have said. What is it? It says in the yearbook at Hotmail.com, right? To contact us. uh, Find this wherever you find your podcast. As we close the book on 2019, which we should have said when 2019 actually closed its book like a couple of weeks ago, uh, this year's most likely candidate, just a, well, not the year's most bizarre story, certainly, but this year's most likely candidate for a 30 for 30 documentary, that would be the Pittsburgh Pirates bullpen. Just the bullpen is what makes it. Now, bullpens, uh, relief pitchers or kickers or just a certain aspect of uh, hockey special teams, just a certain aspect, just one piece of a franchise has made news before. This is not completely unique, but it certainly is a story that Pittsburgh Pirates bullpen in the year they had on a nondescript and not well-documented losing team. Now, we make a lot of jokes. This is going to sound like a public service announcement, but this, this is for real. We obviously uh, do a lot of things to be funny. We're just not funny on this podcast, but this is completely serious because this is a very serious offense. The biggest story out of the Pittsburgh Pirates bullpen was arguably, and it would be an argument, arguably their best player, an all-star, their closer, Felipe Vasquez, if you don't recall or didn't hear, he was arrested during the season, late in the season, uh, 
for solicitation of a child and statutory sexual assault. This with an alleged relationship he allegedly had with an underage girl, says Felipe Vasquez. The Pirates' closer was arrested during the season, but it it did not stop there. Uh, It didn't even uh, start there. Kyle Crick, uh, yet another relief pitcher, got into a fight in San Francisco with Vasquez, fought a fellow reliever, and this allegedly was not over the issue that we just discussed. Uh, Keone Kella, Keone Kella, uh, another relief pitcher for the Pirates, he was suspended for 10 games after he argued with a Pirates coach in July. Bullpen coach Euclides Rojas, who was not involved in the aforementioned incident, but the bullpen coach Euclides Rojas, he was suspended two games for an altercation with Crick. That was also over the summer in July. I don't believe Rojas is still with the team. Crick and Kella also, at least Kella, uh, but both of them had prominent roles, lit the fire for a major brawl with the Cincinnati Reds also over the summer in July. Kella threw a pitch over the head of a Reds batter, and that lit the fuse and got everything going, and both of them were suspended accordingly. So all of this stuff... Obviously, the easy thing is it's no wonder the team was losing when this was going out, but we just don't know. But it was just such a toxic atmosphere. You know, a team that the Pirates put together, a team that the a set of coaches and players that that were assembled by the Pirates, and there was just so much ill will in the air just in that one facet of the team. By the way, goalie Casey DeSmith in the NHL Penguins organization, the hockey organization, the Pittsburgh Penguins, he does still wear the number one. We said his jersey number is still number one. He wore number one a few years ago. He's still wearing number one. Now for the Wilkes-Barre-Scranton Penguins where he's currently playing. We said we were going to confirm that before the end of the podcast. But that was a couple of podcasts ago. Well, I mean, we said we'd have that information by the end of the podcast. Again, three podcasts ago. And the guy came back and he was waving his arms. But, you know, I turned the switch off. Once you do that, it's over. Well, doing a podcast is no fun for anybody. Subscribe, by the way, to this podcast. Uh, College football playoff, which still strikes as college football playoff, just the name, which still strikes as as a simple but offensive name. College football playoff. Offensive because it just negates Everything North Central and West Florida have already done. They're your Division Three and Division Two national champions, respectively. And what North Dakota State and James Madison are about to do, they're going to play for your Division One AA national championship. Anyway, it's a college football playoff. Uh, seriously, there's got to be a Division Three punter that is really ticked off about the name and should be. But in the end, the semifinal in the college football playoff, the Division I National Championship playoff. Not that we disagree with the playoff. The playoff was a long time coming. We should have had a playoff uh, years ago. It was, uh, oh, it just got sublime in big-time college football where they had, they jerry-rigged together computer systems to tell you what team was better, if one team was better than the other, and the computers even if the two teams played each other and one team beat the other team, the computer would, would still say the loser was better than the winner. So we've needed a playoff for a long time. In the end, Ohio State. Okay, Ohio State went down, but they did not fit neatly into any narrative when they lost. When you play a team like Ohio State, which wins every game and wins every game by 100 points, 
you're just a, it's kind of like a bully. You're just supposed to keep it close. Keep the game close. Stay close and they will fold. Stay close and their lack of experience under pressure is going to come back to haunt them. That uh, that didn't happen. Ohio State against Clemson dominated an entire half. They played with a huge lead. They played with a small lead. They came from behind. They nearly came from behind two other times. Clemson won and they should have but the Buckeyes didn't fit into any round hole neatly. The only things you can really single out about Ohio State's performance, if you want to make a glowing generality about Ohio State's performance against Clemson, the only two things you can, you can really single out are Ohio State's penalties. They only had two more than Clemson. I mean, with all the talk about Ohio State penalties, they only were penalized two more times than Clemson was, but those calls were costly to the Buckeyes. And biggest of all, The Buckeyes did not bury the Tigers when they had the chance. Ohio State could have been up literally, all right? It's it's not like, oh, if they'd only played better, if they only punted better, they would have been up by four touchdowns. No, they could have easily been up 28 to nothing, which likely would have ended the game right there. But instead, they settled for 16-0, and obviously the game wasn't over. Instead, most of the game looked like our long-held theory that if you keep losing to one team, your next victory over that one team is going to be either a historic blowout, just an epic blowout, or an epic struggle. Clemson has won every single game it's ever played against Ohio State. And at first, this one was that historic blowout for Ohio State. Finally, catharsis. Then it was an epic struggle for Ohio State. Then it was just a loss. The Reno Bighorns. We miss you so much. If you're not familiar, the Reno Bighorns were, I guess, for several years, you could say. I mean, it was over a couple of different decades that the Reno Bighorns were a minor league basketball team in the old Continental Basketball Association. They were in the NBA's uh, current minor league. They are no more. They've moved. But, oh, we took them. Well, we didn't take them for granted, actually. That's the thing. We really miss the Reno Bighorns. That is a terrific name. I mean, it's a Ram, for crying out loud, but it's an even cooler name for a Ram, which is already a cool name. And as far as we can find, no college is currently using the Bighorns. I mean, it's, it, uh, it's not a name. It's, it's just it's a great name. Uh, we desperately want that name to uh, come back. They're gone. They Again, they, they used to be in the old Continental Basketball Association. That team is gone. They played in the NBA's G League. That or the D-League at the time, and that team is gone. They've since moved uh, to California, and we miss Reno. How much do we miss Reno? I haven't checked this with anybody yet. We're going to name this episode after the Reno Bighorns. We're out of time. I'm not sure how, because it's the internet, but we're out of time.